Hey, beer buddies. When we were recording, we didn't realize we were having issues with my mic until the second half, even though we did do a sound check. So sorry for the issues, but it does get better. On with the show. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brewblood. It takes beer to make a thirst worthwhile. That is a German proverb. From Germany. I would hope so. Where else would German proverbs come from? Space. No, yeah, that's a good point. Space Germany. Though. Space Germany, exactly, where they have space karate and moon bases. So it's still Germany, though. Yeah, but it's it's uh, Bavaria on the moon. This was Earth Germany? <laughs> yes, Earth Germany. No, I don't know which Germany this came from. Space Germany that's or Earth Germany? No, it doesn't we didn't say which one. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe it came from future Space Germany. I don't know. Not current Space Germany. Proverbs can come from anywhere. What you don't know is that uh, Germany actually has a base on the dark side of the moon. They're all watching us. Just watching and waiting. Do they just constantly have Pink Floyd playing over there? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and they're all doing meth together and heroin. Was meth a big thing back then? Back when in space Germany, past back, space Germany, back in space Germany in the seventies, <laughs> when they made the suburbs. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I'm sure they were big into anything. They were, they might have been pioneers of uh, meth back in the day. I guess they are in space, and it's really cold. I mean, you know, it's on the dark side. Yeah, of the moon, so you, you got to keep do something to keep yourself warm, and because you can't have heaters in space. That's true. So you're just for some reason, yeah, that's true. You have just giant space coats doing space meth on the on the moon in space Germany, in space Bavaria. That doesn't sound exceptionally fun, but it is unique. It is unique. And I give them credit for getting up there. And obviously, you can generate a lot of proverbs when you do that. Yeah, you have a lot of time on your hands when you're just watching and waiting. Absolutely. I don't know what they're watching and waiting for. Yeah, I mean, what's going on? But they, It's just going to be the dark side of the moon. There's nothing happening over there. But there's just a couple of looky-loos waiting for something to happen. We just don't know what. What are they looking for? They're looking for. Looking for? I have yeah. no idea. They're just looking for something. Maybe looking for new drugs. They found meth. What? Why is everyone named Lou always the one that's looking? Are they... Are they always named Lou? like a Lukey Steve or something. I always spot, thought, uh, spotted and thoughted that uh, Lukey Lou was with an L-O-O. I guess it's... never really thought of it as being like a... Oh, okay. It's not like L-O-G. Maybe it is. It's a, maybe like, it's like a... It's a shortened form of uh, Lukey Lewis. Like I don't Luis know. or something? Or Lewis? Maybe. Lewis or Luis, I guess. Either one. I don't know where they came from. Hey, that's a good point. Are all Lou's Lucky Lou's? I, I would say so, yeah. Unless they're blind. You can't trust a guy that's named Lou. Unless they're blind. A guy who's named Lou is going to peep on you. That's what's going to happen. You're so you're saying blind people are creepers? Only if they're named Lou. <laughs> okay, so all Lou's are creepers. But like a blind named a blind guy named Steve, he's not going to do that to you. <laughs> but but Lou, he's going to. A looky Steve? Yeah, exactly. He's not going to look. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't rhyme. It's true. There's not a if you don't have alliteration in it, it doesn't really matter. Exactly, it doesn't yeah. apply. So but there's, then there's, you're not a perv. If you don't have alliteration right. in your name, you're not a perv. But you can be a looky Steve and you're just kind of taking a glance. Exactly. You're observing the 3-second rule of looking at but a woman. That's normal. Yeah. That's oh, a normal oh, amount. Yeah, that's a normal amount of looking. True. Yeah. But looky lose, they're there for. That's, they make dead egg contact for a good twenty five to thirty seconds, and they, they never blink. They don't care about the rules. Lose have lose do not blink. Or rarely, they blink like once an hour. They live by their own set of rules. That's which, right. Which is to be a perv. They live on the perv outlaw uh, border. So if your name's Lou, you're welcome to go listen somewhere else. I yes, go somewhere else for your beer talk. Exactly. I guarantee, just about every Lou out there has mirrors on his shoes. Of so he can look up at. Well, how uh, else can he looking? Yeah, of course. That's what. That's one of his ways to look. Or Lukey. Or Lukey. Yeah. Lukey Lou. Yeah. Exactly. And he has. He's also one of those kids. I guarantee. When Lou was a kid, I don't know if you remember at the back of Boys Life magazine they had the little periscope so you could peek around the wall. I did. Yeah. You remember those? I guarantee. Oh yeah. Kid Lukey Lou had one of those cheap ass uh, periscopes. Oh, of course he did. Any way to look more. Yeah. That's what he does. Or, or Luke. Anywhere to look more. That's what, that's what he does. He's real into high powered telescopes and binoculars. Sure. Anything that enables you to look. He's oh, yeah, into it. absolutely. If he can, if he can Luke, he's happy. 
So basically, what we need to talk. What we need to do here is we need to lay down some law. We need to get Space Germany to come take all of our loos and take them to the non-dark side of the moon without any air. Well, take them to the dark side's fine. But I don't know if they want them in uh, Space Bavaria. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if they just want somebody that, to do their space karate on. That is a peaceful place where you just jam out to Pink Floyd and do meth. You don't yeah, really you don't want some guy peeping on you. Yeah, but they did invent space karate there, so they may want with, some some victims. With his 1978 <laughs> periscope from a magazine. Yeah. You really don't need that. Yeah. Or his mirror shoes. <laughs> yeah, and I guarantee uh, Looky Loos would invent the ones that invented the gold chains in the 70s, too, with of the course. full chest hair. Anything bad. Anything bad. Because they also do, they don't not, not only like to look, they like to get looked at. And so they True. do a lot of things, whether it's expose themselves. They're uh, also looky at me lose. Yes. Because yes. they want to be looped at. They, any form of looking. Look at me or look at you. Right. Somebody's going to look, and they just look at you with that dead-eyed stare. And they say it's so aloof, you know, Luke. Yeah. I'm going to look over there. I'm going to look over there. looky loo. You know, they can't just say I look. And, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's it's not Luke. They're just being Luke. Right, exactly. There's a, there's a big difference between Luke and Luke. Luke. It's Lucan, not Luke. Not like the guy's name Luke. Not like the disciple Luke. Not like Skywalker. They're Lucan, not Lucan. Right, exactly. And Lou's favorite place, Lukey Lou, you know what his home is? His hometown? What's that? Lukenbach, Texas. Oh. God, master of comedy. <laughs> well, we've got some bad news for Britain because they're uh, moving on to the news portion of the show. They've, they're having a bit of a cultural identity crisis right now. Well, the headline here says more bad news. So do you know what the original bad news was? Uh, they ran out of beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now the good news is they have beer. But uh, in the last... Uh, well, since 1980, they've lost 25% of their pubs. And if wow. you don't know, pubs, the the quarter pub is has been a staple of British society for decades and decades and, and decades you, and decades 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 and then a half decade. Yeah. And, and then, then maybe a year or two. Maybe a year. Yeah. There was there was a time. Yeah. There was a time before beer in Britain. Sure. That was a sad time. But in the just in the last year, they've already lost uh, 1,100 pubs. And in uh, 2015, the number of pubs dropped to fewer than 51,000 for the first time. Did they lose them, or did they all get like gobbled up by corporations? That's the thing I've been hearing about. Well, it's a combination of factors. So okay. one is UK housing prices have climbed by 50% in the last five years. Wow. And so what's happening is there are um, developers, real estate developers, that obviously see more of a market in producing houses. And so, like for instance, there's a pub called the Red Lion it's been open for 750 years and they're trying to get that converted into two houses instead of a pub oh, and okay. they're trying to of course locals are trying to get that overturned but they, they don't have a lot of uh, they haven't had a lot of success with that sure and so developers are snapping up all these pubs and turning them into houses so that's you know what you down. need to do here is follow the money exactly that's exactly it yes exactly and then on top of that in 2007 they um, just like here in Dallas they got rid of smoking in public spaces so that Provided a sharp downturn for pubs. That's a good thing. Though. It is a good thing. Just go to e-cigs. <laughs> exactly. Go back. Go back in time and go to e-cigs. I fully, fully support the getting rid of smoking. Yes. Uh, one thing that I hate about because uh, everyone knows Mark and I are huge gamblers. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. basically why we have huge debts and shake can barely up, make it month to month. Shake them up, shake Because all we do is just play the ponies. That's right. Uh, throw the dice. You know, we'll go to the streets. We'll just go to the streets, and if mm-hmm. anyone's throwing dice, we're down there throwing dice. We got like a couple of bucks under, you know, under a like a red solo cup or something. Yeah. And we're out like throwing dice, or we're doing the little thing where you hide something under one cup and you <laughs> you move the three cups around. And we'll play the game ball and cup, but we'll place a bet on who gets a ball and cup first. Exactly, and you know it's like thousands of dollars. Yeah, we're oh yeah. It, we're not doing it small. 
Um, the good news is it's just going back and forth between each other mostly, true, except, yeah. except for the ponies and the. Yeah, when we go to the ponies, we yeah. basically have to walk home, and we lose our car, we lose everything, and we do have to pay the dealer when we play uh, the game. Who's going to overdose first? Right, of course. Yeah, well, we have to have someone that actually calls nine one one. Yeah, exactly. Because the other ones are just laughing, and we're if not, they we don't help you, we're just like ah, he overdosed. And if you don't pay them, they're not going to call nine one one. Oh so. yeah, of course. But why does every gambling establishment have to include smoking? I don't what know. Is it, is it just because we're just going to go full-on degenerate? Yeah, I was going to say, it's... We have it's, one degenerate thing, so everything has to be degenerate? It's a vice It's vice city, really. I mean... I guess, but at least have, like, a non-smoking area. Can't you have, like, a half and half... Go old school. Go have, have a half and half. Have a partition. Have it, everyone fire up stuff everywhere they go. It's just super annoying. Yeah, I think we need to open up an establishment where it's... all. Everybody has to be required to smoke. <laughs> you can gamble on anything. Right. You can do drugs. Sure. And you can solicit prostitutes. It's basically like season three of The Wire. Exactly. It's the entire thing. Right, exactly. While beating each other up. You can legally punch somebody in the face in this establishment. And, yeah, in that one establishment, you can do all that. Maybe that could. Re- maybe we should take that idea to UK, and maybe that would revive their, cult- their uh, culture. And then everywhere else, no smoking. Right. You only smoke in that area. Only in our restaurant. You get your ass kicked and everything else. Right. Yes, but that's it. Just that one area. And on top of that, on Sundays in our establishment, you can have a beer before noon without food. Absolutely. What do you think of that? Oh, never happened. While a fully nude stripper is just laying her, her you know, deli platter all over your legs. Exactly. It's it's legs and eggs and beer and everything all before noon on a Sunday. So many eggs. Everybody, everybody walking in. You get a free stripper with it, just for one dance. Eggs everywhere. Eggs everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. But back to Britain. Right. Uh, they Yeah, they're losing a lot. And then on top of that, uh, spending is down because it is five times more expensive to buy a uh, to have a pint in a pub than it is to buy one from the supermarket. Wow. And it's partly because of taxes. So Britain has a really heavy tax on alcohol for a long time. And the government has apparently gotten rid of this. But for a long time, every single budget uh, had an automatic tax increase on alcohol. And they finally got rid of that uh, this year. And then they had, they also had an annual inflation uh, tax in 2013 that increased the price. And uh, the campaign for real ale, uh, which we talked about before, who was trying to save the pubs and real ale on, on top of that, they right. say that Britons pay 52 per, uh, pence in taxes on every pint of beer compared with four pence for Germans, nine pence for Belgians and 16 for the Dutch. Wow. Jeez. No yeah. wonder then. Yeah. And then other things. So uh, you're having people stay home uh, because they can't smoke or the prices are too high. You have real estate developers snapping them up. And uh, on top of that, so there's also these companies called Pubcos that they own a bunch of the taverns. And one of the problems with local pubs is when you rent out uh, one of these taverns from the, one of the Pubcos, it has been up until recently you are forced to buy your beer from them. And they are, of course, linked to your generic macro uh, beer companies. So that's why you would see a lot of the pubs only carry one specific brand of beer in that pub. Sure. And that's been going on for a long time. Now, luckily, uh, a rule came out this year or last year that got rid of that rule. They're no longer allowed to do that. Then, conversely, the pubcos then turned around and said, all right, fine. We're gonna be. We're not gonna get this revenue more. Well, we're increasing rent, right. so that, that made even more pubs close because they could no longer afford the rent. So the pubs are getting screwed in just about every way. And also, doesn't make a whole lot of sense ultimately for the pub co to do that because what are, if you're gonna close all your pubs by overcharging yeah. the rent, then you're not gonna get any revenue. Is yeah. that really what you want to do? But then maybe they turn it into property development and they just build houses. Yeah, I don't know. True. Yeah. But uh, the good news is there's, I mean, on the other side of things, they are, Britain is getting, dipping their toes into the craft beer game. Uh, they do have, I think, 1,400 uh, 
new breweries that have opened up, macro breweries. And, uh, of course, that has attracted the attention of S.A.B. Miller and uh, uh, Anheuser-Busch. And uh, they recently purchased uh, Mean Times and uh, one other one. But they are starting to get attention over there for some of their beers. Yeah, you know, I've always thought of Euro beers in general. I mean, maybe England not quite as much as a, you know, like a Germany or some other places. But I've always thought of them as being like... A beer place. Yeah, a beer place. of course. You know, they came out with the Porter and they came out with those kind of... And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that they have more craft beer places. The thing that's surprising to me is that they didn't have as many. Like, that's a new trend. I would think that they would have been big into the craft beer game already. Yeah, I think it's it's probably just been the... Everybody got so used to doing the pubs. I don't know. I think it's a lot like in Texas, you know? It's, but even at the pubs, like, I, you know, I know it's not the same thing, yeah. Yeah, of course, in America as it is there. But when I think of a pub here, I think of rare beers that are rare not rare but you know what i mean like right. the, the local craft beers that you can't get everywhere or things that are only on tap or you know i, I don't think of going to the local pub here and uh, getting a budweiser not that i ever think of getting one of those anywhere but yeah you know I, I think of that being somewhere like you know if you have a generic theater chain or a sports event or something that is that is serving beer they're gonna have your sap miller mm-hmm. uh sap miller stuff but you know the the pub. You know, I think of like I don't know Trinity Hall that we used to go to here, Libertine, or I don't know, just any of these local ones. I think mm-hmm. oh, they're going to have you know at least five or six, seven craft beer Texas craft beer taps, and that's going to be great. Well, I, I would guess that there's these pubcos have so much power that they were probably squeezing out. There probably were craft brewers, right? But they're probably squeezing out the little guy to where they couldn't get any taps. And I was so, going to say that sounds like that's what's happened. Probably what's happened. Yeah. So right. which that's terrible. It why, is terrible. Well, and then that. That compounds the problem, like, what's happening? Well, why would I want to pay three times as much for the yeah. same thing I could get at home? Exactly. Uh, at the store. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's it's sad, but there, you know, I guess there's some bright spots, and, you know, they're just going through a cultural shift right now. Um, hopefully, there are people that are, of course, trying to get these, save these pubs, local communities, because it's a lot of them are integral parts of their communities, but sure. hopefully the... Uh, the, the downward trend stops. I mean, it, uh, last year, it did slow a little bit. Uh, last year, in 2015, the pace was 21 pubs per week were closing, but that's down f- by 9 from 2014 when it was 30 per week that were okay, closing. that's good. So it's down a little bit, and then to compound things even further as far as beer prices go, I forgot to include this, but apparently there have been massive rainstorms in France and Germany this year, which have just like decimated the barley uh, crop. Oh, yeah. So that price gets passed on to... Uh, the brewery because the maltsters as they call themselves have very little um, oh there's not a lot of pro- not a lot of margin in their pricing so they pass it all onto the breweries and of course they have to raise their prices to the consumer I think you should be called a maltster from now on <laughs> is, that, is that something akin to a hipster a I, maltster it does kind of sound like that that's why I think you should become that kind of sounds like the manster too like uh, Randy uh, White the right. former Cowboys player man football player man look at you sports mark so come to us from our, our buddy stefan uh this happened earlier in september um and we i just now remembered that i had even saved this story but the belgian beer pipeline is finally open hooray hooray in bruges they opened up their pipeline and it transports twelve thousand bottles of beer per hour well not <laughs> bottles themselves but right. twelve thousand bottles worth of beer per hour for about two miles underneath the Bruges streets. So basically, they were, the whole goal of this, it was it cost 4 million euros to build, and it's only 1.8 miles. But the thing was, in Bruges is a historical, it's a UNESCO preserved site, sure. and the problem was they don't allow a lot of um, automobile traffic 
in the city because they they're afraid that's going to damage the, the old cobblestone streets and the, the historic buildings. Right. So their solution was we're going to build a pipeline underground to transport. I noticed that in the Colin Farrell movie. Yeah. To tra- yes. Yeah. To transport it from the breweries to the pubs. So they finally completed it this month, and it cost four million euros. Part of that was crowdfunded, and it means now that uh, trucks will no longer be allowed in the city, and they won't have to. They made their last. Their last truck was like the first or second week of September. So, no, okay, well. pretty cool. Pretty cool idea. Pretty cool little idea. Yeah, you need, you definitely need one of those pipelines built into this house. I think we need a the a Keystone pipeline of beer, but without the Keystone beer. Sure. Well, Keystone you know, beer pipeline the house. That'll be another reason not to ever get up out of the chair. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. You're building on more and more reasons. If Petticoats could just uh, build me a pipeline straight from uh, one of the tanks, <laughs> exactly. and preferably just build the pipeline right into my mouth. Oh yeah, of course. Just constant guzzling of beer. It'll just be a tap that's just open or closed. I'll just be constantly velvet hammered all the time. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, today we are revisiting. Uh, beer we uh, brew we talked about before not a beer but a brew yeah well not not the same beer uh, but we have talked about dogfish before and only the, a few episodes ago episode fifty seven we talked about the uh, chalk lobster chalk lobster yeah that, that was a while ago that was a few weeks ago I'm just saying thirteen weeks ago yeah uh, but yeah well, this time the uh, dogfish one twenty uh, an ass kicker of a beer has a just released you know? just dropped here in Dallas yeah and uh, we're gonna take it on after this. Everyone enjoys beer, well at least everyone that listens to this show does, but what makes up that beer you're drinking? What makes a beer lighter or darker in color? What created that flavor palette you so enjoy? These are questions we will examine more in future episodes. For now, I want to address a basic question. What's the difference in a lager and an ale? Do you like the beer? I do. I do. (laughs) Although it's actually a lager. Huh. What's the difference between beer and lager? I don't know. We could look it up. <laughs> Things are about to get wild. Don't worry. We have you covered, guys from the sitcom Friends. The difference between an ale and a lager comes down to three main differences in the brewing process. Number one, yeast. Ales are made with top fermenting strains of yeast, which means that the yeast ferments at the top of the fermentation tank. Lagers use bottom fermenting yeast, which sinks to the bottom of the tank and ferment there. The yeast in ales adds to the flavor, while the lager yeast does not. Then there's temperature. Ale yeast ferments best at warmer temperatures, usually around room temperature and up to about 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Lager, on the other hand, ferments at colder temperatures, 46 to 59 degrees, and sometimes as low as 35 degrees. And finally, time. Ales take two to three weeks to ferment. The word lager comes from the German word lagern, which means to store, which refers to the lager process where the beer typically ferments over longer periods of time than ales, generally four-plus weeks. So, Dogfish Head, the last beer we had them was the Chuck Lobster, a Chuck chocolate... Chuck Lobster! <laughs> Chuck Lobster! Exactly. Uh, it was a, not surprisingly enough, a chocolate plus lobster beer. And it was and one of the better surprising beers that we've ever had on the show, I think. Although my wife projectile vomited my face when I let her try one sip of it. Well, we I, loved it. We liked it a lot. Yeah. It had that nice chocolate, uh, salty lobster mix. And yeah. It was really, really good. And, you know, all the world over, everything, everybody knows that chocolate and lobster is a good flavor combo. Well, of course. It's, it's, a, it's a tasty confection you can find even on the dark side of uh, Space Bavaria. 
I don't really think there's any uh, any doubt about that. There's no yeah. argument to be made there. I don't know why we're you could argue be, against it. Yeah, we're just going to be retreading ground that everyone knows if we talk about it. Really, any confections that come from Space Germany are pretty good. Oh, pretty yeah. good little treats. Dark Side of the Moon Germany. Yes, I absolutely. Didn't, I didn't care for their. Uh, I like to use their full official name. I know you say Space <laughs> true, Germany. True. I, it's kind I of a short that. version. Yeah, I didn't like their uh, crawfish Snickers. I didn't care for that. Yeah, that was weird. But I was I I do enjoy me a nice chocolate lobster. I, my wife gives me one every uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, it's a heart made out of many different chocolate lobsters. Their, their caramel salmon wasn't too good either. <laughs> that was a little weird. But you know, yeah. the chocolate ones tend to be better. Yeah, and their gooey uh, rotten shoe also not good. Yeah, true. Well, that, so they went off the wheels on that. Yeah, they they didn't use any seafood anymore. They just went with whatever they had. Yeah, and they but the it's the, hard to come by fresh seafood on the dark side of the moon though. But they they included as their secret ingredient that was the sweat from Corey Haim's, uh onion crotch. Oh. So that I think that's kind of what took it down like fifty notches and made me vomit. But that's, that's a pretty bad add on. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about uh, Corey Haynes on your crotch. Uh, we're here to talk or, about... Or the dark side of the moon. Or that. Uh, or space Germany. Right. But we're here to talk about Dogfish Head uh, and their 120-minute IPA. And this is quite an ass-kicker of a beer. Yeah, and we've talked about... Uh, the last time we talked about Dogfish, and anybody that knows craft beer knows they're known for their their line of IPAs that have their different minute varieties. They're 60, 90, and 120. 120 being the most rare... Uh, 90 being fairly common and probably their bitterest. Uh, they're, they're their most IPA-ish of the three. And then 60 being a nice, uh, almost session-y. I know alcohol-wise it's not session-y, but uh, it's a nice standard single. I would say their 60 is pretty much their single, and their 90 is their double, and their 120 is their triple, really, if right. you really want to look at it. Um, and all, it refers all, to, by the way, the All 16... based on brew times, of course. Yeah, I was about to say, it was all based on brew times. Yeah, exactly. Boil times, specifically. Or boil times, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're uh, again, they're one of the first... Uh, big breweries or one of the big craft breweries that I was introduced to and I've I've always enjoyed Dogfish I always enjoy their experimental wheels off uh, way of thinking um, this is probably more traditional out of a lot of things they do uh, unlike the chocolate lobster variety of things they do and uh, I've always I've always really enjoyed it um, I, I would say amongst the triple IPA style type beers uh, the 120 in the past has been one of my favorite choices yeah I haven't gone deep on their catalog Um but everything I've had from them over the last few years, I've always enjoyed. I can't think of one beer I've had by them that I didn't like. Well, it's just going through some of their other beers that they have. I mean, you have the 90-Minute uh, Imperial, uh, the 60-Minute, and the 120 are their top three uh, most reviewed beers. And they all get a 90, 99, 98, 97, respectively. Uh, they have their Brownie All that's 100. They're, um, man, they're all over the place. The Midas Touch is one I remember coming out not too long ago that's uh, got an 89, but it was one of those more experimental old-style beers, mm-hmm. um, the one that they tried to bring back the Egyptian recipes on and all that, uh, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. Uh, pumpkin is usually big around this time. It gets an 86. Um, they, I mean, they did the Cherry Stout, uh, Apricot. I mean, they, they, they go all over the place. Uh, a Hopped Apricot. I, I mean, they go all over the place. It's kind of an interesting... All over the place. Interesting mix. I barely ever see a bad review beer from them. Right. They have one on this list, uh, Festina Piche. I'm going to say it's Festina Pish. Okay. Uh, I've never heard it pronounced. So. I'm going to say Piche. And, uh, Pinche. Uh, uh, Pinche, yeah, exactly. And Festina get, Pinche. And they get a 55. But, you know, when you're as, as experimental as dogfish, you're going to miss every now sure. and again. But overall, uh, if they were graded on their overall average, they would be a solid A. Right. Absolutely. 
Now, the 120 itself, uh, it gets an 89 out of 100 on Beer Advocate, 99 overall, 97 in style for rate beer. And on tap, it's a 4.42 out of 5 on almost 10,000 unique reviews. And that's just for the, the uh, 2016 version, by the way. Oh, yeah. Now, this one comes in at 18% ABV. Apparently, at one point before 2009, it was actually 21% ABV. <laughs> right. But in 2009, they lowered it, lowered that number. And I wonder if it was because a lot of states have caps on ABV as far as what can be sold. Like, I know in Texas here, if you have anything above like 15%, I think, you have to have an additional license to be able to sell that beer. Well, on top of that, I believe there's also a restriction here. Um, it may have changed over the years, but I know at one point you couldn't sell something over about 12 13% range that in a supermarket. It mm-hmm. had to be in a liquor store. Oh, yeah, that too. Good point. So, you know, this would definitely have to be liquor store stuff uh, at this point. I, I believe that I believe that's still in place. I don't think you're going to be able to get your 120 at, uh, well, the Whole Foods. I, yeah, I'm saying I bought this at Whole Foods. Yeah, okay, so maybe that's changed. At uh, one point have. it was, it was a, maybe it's 20% and they lowered, they lowered it below 20, so yeah. more places could do it. I don't know. And in Ohio, they just recently, this past month, had they, they had a 12.3% ABV cap, I think, and that got lifted, so. No, oh, okay. There was an announcement by Dogfish about, uh, we're finally going to send you some 120 because you finally got normal man's beer. Right, exactly. Like, your Alabamas and your yeah. Oklahomas probably probably don't get this, I would yes. assume. I think in Oklahoma, you still is it still true that you can't have anything above 3% or 4% without being in a package store? Uh, that's true in Alabama. Okay, um, Alabama. Yeah, well, there's two weird laws about that. I think one of them is they have to be uh, in a package store um, if it's above that, and two... Oklahoma, I believe, has the uh, rule that if it's above maybe 5%, it cannot be refrigerated. Oh. So you, I guess you got to go home and think about your choices yeah. as you refrigerate it. <laughs> um, again, I don't know if these laws are current, but these are laws yeah. that have at least been in place at right. some time. Say a prayer to Jesus as it's cooling down. Exactly. Yep. So the official description for the 120 is too extreme to be called beer. 120-minute IPA is brewed to a colossal 45-degree Play-Doh, boiled for a full two hours while being continuously hopped with a high-alpha American hop with high alpha American hops, then dry hop daily in the fermenter for a month and age for another month on whole leaf hops. Whole leaf hops! Whole leaf hops, guys! Say, you gotta say it right. Whole leaf hops! <laughs> Is that your holy uh, leaf hop voice? Whole leaf hops, guys! That's how you have to say it. It's required by law that when you're speaking those words, whole leaf hops! You gotta say it like that. Very well, cartoon esque. Yeah, it really is. Very Looney Tunes esque. Well, let's find out about the history of Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head Brewery, named for Dogfish Head, Maine, is a brewery company based in Milton, Delaware, founded by Sam Calgione. Opening in 1995, Dogfish now produces 175,000 barrels of beer annually. The brewery has had so much success, it even hosted a Discovery Channel show called Brewmasters in 2010. The main line of Dogfish Head brews can be found in 31 states, as well as Washington, D.C. In addition to their staples, Dogfish often collaborates with other partners in and out of the beer industry. Some of these include names such as The Grateful Dead and Brooklyn Brine, a pickle company out of Brooklyn, New York. Their non-standard ingredients have ranged from raisins to pickles to even blue algae. They are, however, most known for their line of IPAs, the most popular being their 60, 90, and 120-minute offerings. These have been popular on their own or while being mixed with things such as maple syrup. Dogfish has also dabbled with Ancient Ales, a line of beers based on chemical analysis of pottery and drinking vessels from ancient sites in an attempt to bring back long-lost beer recipes. In addition to beer, Dogfish Head also operates a micro-distillery. The distillery is very small. Dogfish Head spirits are distributed only in Delaware and a handful of other states. So, the BJCP for an Imperial IPA. 
is that the aroma should be uh, prominent to intense hops that are derived from American and or English noble varieties. Uh, most are dry hopped and can have additional resinous, grassy aroma with some clean malty sweetness and that may be found in the background. Could have a light fruity note and you can usually smell the alcohol, although it shouldn't be hot, hot. So hot. Unlike my hot mic there in the first two segments, <laughs> which, sorry for that. It was a hot mic. Hot mic. Hot mic. It sounded like you were like blaring into the mic and then I was like hanging out in the background like two. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Yeah, you're sitting in the corner, like the Blair Witch Corner at the end of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> and yes, I do force him to face the corner at the uh, every single episode. That's true. He's not allowed to look at me. Uh, Between his bank of monitors and then, you know, if they're not there, I have to turn around. That's right. Appearance, the color ranges from golden amber to medium reddish copper, although some can have an orangish tint. Good head stand with off-white color should persist. I said that weird. Flavor high to absurdly high hop bitterness with low to medium malt to provide the balance. May have a light fruity character with a long lingering non-harsh bitterness in the aftertaste. Medium, dry, medium to dry finish with a clean smooth alcohol flavor. Sounds good. Mouthfeel. Smooth to medium light body uh, with medium to high carbonation could make your mouth feel very dry with smooth alcohol warming. And the overall impression is that a strong hop but clean lacking harshness in a tribute to historical IPAs should be drinkable. And commercial examples include the Russian River Pliny the Elder, Bell's Hop Slam, Stoner Nation IPA, Great Divide Hercules Double IPA, the Dogfish 90 Minute IPA. All very, very good beers. I think all of which we've covered aside from the Bell's Hop Slam. I don't think we covered the Dogfish 90, uh, 90 Minute. Oh, yeah, we didn't. They're right. Good point. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll do that next episode. Did we cover Ruination? I know we've done Stone, but I don't think we did the Ruination. Maybe we didn't do that either. Okay, yeah, screw me. So screw me. We did do Great Divide and Pliny for sure. All right, well, screw me and my mic and my bad memory. <laughs> We did two of those. I'm going to Space Germany to do some meth. Just forget about the world. Now, do you think this is the highest ABV beer we've had? The Tokyo was close to this. Tokyo was... I think it was 16. Yeah, I think it was 16 also. I think so. I think so. What are your expectations for this beer? Uh, Having had the 2015 one probably about a month ago, uh, my expectations are for this one to be as good as that one was. I'm about to rage flip this table. You just ruined our test, our taste (laughs) test here. Yeah, I just I happened to have it in there, and I'd uh-huh, forgotten. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, you know, that looks like a good one. And it you know, it aged for about a year, and like, yeah, this is good. All right, well, this episode's over, because we already know how he's going to review this. Now I'm going to have that detailed of a review today. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Who knows, man? Things do change year to year. True. I, uh, you know, you can go back to our Pumpkin Eater episode and how different, uh, of course, those had aged also, but it's how different it was going from 2012 all the way to the 2015 version. So, you know, who knows? I... I I expect it to be good for multiple reasons. One, having just had that one, and two, for this being dogfish, that I expect their stuff to be good. So I, I have high expectation. Um, so it actually has a lot to live up to for my expectations. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be a smooth ass kicker, basically. Yes, absolutely. So let's get right into it then. Aroma. Aroma. Fruity and lightly malty. I really don't get a lot of hop aroma there. Uh, there's like Maybe. a little, uh, the, the alcohol flavor is there or uh, flavor. The alcohol aroma is there a bit. Um, but I do, I do get the breadiness. I do get the fruitiness too. I, I feel like just the sharpness, uh, this makes it sound bad, but almost rubbing alcohol, alcohol type smell. <laughs> What's that word you just said? Alcohol. Alcohol. I haven't even drank anything. Alcohol. <laughs> haven't even drank in like a week, but you know, <laughs> still slurring. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's got just like a little, there's a little edge to it, but there. It's really tampered by the fruitiness and the maltiness, like you talked about. It's got a slight hop, 
slight bitterness, but I wouldn't say it's intense at all. He it says prominent to intense, and I would not. I would say that this doesn't qualify in either of those descriptors. I don't think it's intense, but I think it's it's there enough. If you are looking for it, you can tell it's there. But that doesn't mean it's prominent. No, and that's no, my no. that's my problem. I think it's. Well, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think yeah. it's prominent. Uh, definitely a lot more malt than hop there to me. A little astringency from the hop, but uh, and then there's definitely some uh, alcohol without being hot. Yeah, I would agree. Appearance is definitely on the darker shade of IPAs. It's definitely more of a medium orangish copper and definitely hazy. Yeah, it's hazy. A lot of carbonation, but not a lot of head to it. Man, yeah, a lot of carbonation. It pours with a pretty decent amount of head, but it doesn't retain it. Yeah, but the the head that does remain is persisting. And we are drinking these out of IPA glasses. And a lot of of lacing, too. A lot of lacing and a ton of carbonation. It's very active uh, there. Now, the bottle itself, uh, the 120... Pretty straight ahead bottle. Pretty straight ahead little bottle. Yeah. It's just um, a yellow field. You can see pictures on our Snapchat. If you want to follow us on Snapchat or Instagram, uh, you can see the pictures of the bottle and the beer there. Yeah, their normal Dogfish Head logo doesn't even really make an appearance except on the cap. Uh, it, it's uh, emblazoned on the side. Uh, I don't know what you call that. Uh, Is it? When they imprint, if you, you oh, can yeah, feel yeah, it, it stands actual, out. Yeah, yeah. It's on the actual bottle. But I'm saying on the label itself, it's not there. Oh, yeah. It's not on the label itself, but it's emblazoned on the side. And the, I don't even know what you call that technique when you put it into the, the glass itself. Fancy glass man, uh, words. emblazoned, emblazoned. Nice. There you go. That that's why I have you on the show. <laughs> that's this. It took seventy episodes, but finally I found finally a reason. Figured out why it was going to be a, a solo show, but I had this suspicion. I was like, hmm, he I might, really should. I might someday I might need have def- a problem with yeah. some grammar at, 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 at some point. A word. I need a word. So I'm going to have this guy in for now. So from now on, you're off the show. Okay. Between that well, I'll see and you, later. you have the 2015. <laughs> right. From now on, it's the it's the Mark Blood show. Now, I actually like the simplicity, too. I mean, it just yeah. says, this is the 120, um, ages well, 12 yeah. fluid ounces, here you go. You know, it's just kind of matter of fact. It's not overly pretentious? It's not warning you that you're about to get your ass handed to you? I mean, maybe a little pretentious, calling itself the Imperial Pale Ale, but, you know, overall, the, the, the overall coloring and look of it's not pretentious. But they aren't saying the with, like, all capital letters and an exclamation point. But even, like, eh, we're, we're the we're the Imperial yeah, I guess. Pale Ale. You know, even if you say that casually, that's cocky. That's I mean, true. We're, we're the we're the Imperial Pale Ale. But they, to be fair, they have a little bit of a foundation stand upon they there do, to call themselves the. But so yeah, a little, maybe a little cockiness. They're, I get it, but yeah. you know, I guess they know it's good, so they can say that. They're, look, they deserve to wear their Letterman's jacket, their yeah. beer Letterman's jacket, and they uh, they have often been the quarterback. They are one of the, the starting quarterback. They are one of the original big guys, big, big craft guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now this is an IBU of one twenty, uh, which I know you noted before, but man, uh, since we're about to get to taste. I wonder how much that's going to tear up your tongue. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say with the uh, previous Imperial IPAs. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing just by the number, it's going to be like somebody took a razor to your tongue and cut it out. That's or, kind of my guess too. I feel like it's really going to, like you said, going to be an ass kicker. Or some large grit sandpaper. Yes. You decided that you, you know sanding down a shelf or something and decided to see what it felt like on your tongue. Maybe like that. Right. I'm going to act like I didn't just have the 2015. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. <laughs> Maybe like. Uh, yeah, I mean, like when we used to eat dirt. Yeah. You ate sand, remember? Yeah, you ate sand. That's yeah. exactly, yeah. When we ran out of dirt, we would go to get some beach sand. That's exactly what it might, it when, might taste like. When there was no crawdad, we ate sand. <laughs> so, let's get to uh, taste and mouthfeel. All right. Very, very bubbly and not at all what I expected out of the spirit. Never having had the 120 before. Really? You never had this? I've oh, never yeah. had it because my last bottle broke. The, I had a sad story that you got one and it shattered in the bottle. Yeah, play some... Charlie Brown's sad piano behind that because 
Man, uh, yeah, I was looking forward to it. I went at the time. They had a limit of one as they do it to one. It was kind of like that little and kid in Christmas Story looking forward to the BB gun. It was yeah. Mark looking forward to the Total Red Rider moment, yes. Yeah. And it uh, had rolled. I had had to slam on my brakes, and a bunch of the beers fell out. I thought I got them all, not realizing that I I'd uh, not found my 120. Wasn't really paying attention. I opened, lifted the back of my Explorer, and what fell out with the lone 120 right under my driveway. Did you, so. like, lick it up off the driveway? Like cat style? Yep. Like a cat in a saucer? <laughs> Just as it, like, faded into the no, into it, the porous driveway? If I had, then I couldn't claim that I hadn't had this before. Yeah, that's true. You should have done that. Yes. I don't, I don't know. The, the driveway grit might have added some flavoring that true. isn't normal there. That hot bitterness that I was expecting. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like this does... This is a good mix, and this is what... This is what triple-type IPAs... I know they, this isn't an official triple IPA, so, you know, before the, the Reddit world goes after me for yeah. saying this idiot's calling this a triple IPA. I'm just saying, for the hoppier, high-end IPAs, they tend to try to balance it out with sweet, like we've talked about plenty of times. I feel like they do it a little bit less with this one. I feel like there's definitely citrus and stuff in there, but I think they let the, the big-time hop flavor come through on the back end of it quite a bit. Which it's not a bad, it's not a wrecker. It's it's enough to get that full flavor without really tearing up your palate, and I like that. That's what I like about the spear that I think a lot of triples don't do. I think a lot of triples go too sweet. This is looking at you, Double Dancer from from Founders. I think this is I think this is good. Uh, you know, I really I, I enjoy it. I enjoy well documented on this show. I enjoy the really hoppy beers, and this is one of the class the, one of the class top of the class uh, hopped beers, and I think they do a really good job of balancing. Yeah, it's. I think balance is a key word here. It's not as hoppy as I think I would have expected, obviously. But it plays. As you think you would have expected? I think I would have expected. That you know I you would have expected. That I would have expected. There's words. Right. I don't know. Make sure. them up. You can. I think you, you know. I think you know you would have expected. Just take my word salad and form your own sentence at this point. But, I would have thought that. Huh? <laughs> but it's. I love the carbonate, the way the carbonation plays in your tongue, because it's really bubbly. Uh, not like champagne bubbly, but for a beer, it's bubbly. Sure. You know, it's a, it's a bubbly beer. I like the way that plays. You're right. The hop bitterness really comes through on the back end. It's got a nice hoppy bottom on it. Oh, yeah. But it's sweet up front. It's got a bubble butt of hop. That's right. Bubble butt hops, but sweet up, sweet on the up tops. And uh, I like that. It's really well balanced. It's, uh, it's actually sweeter than I would have expected, but not without being cloying or overpowering or like uh, drinking a NutraSweet packet or something or, you know, and a whole cup of Stevia. It's not there yet. And now the advantage to me, having just had the 2015, is to tell you how it ages. And tell I will, us. I will say with tell the us. aging, tell us. as expected, the hot bitterness fades more than this. Yeah. And you get a lot more of the sweet, and it's even more balanced as you age it. Um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's that's good, but I prefer it before it ages where it is more hoppy. Right. So it's really just your your palate. I think you probably would have liked the age version better, mm-hmm. uh, just based on our, you know, we've, we've talked beer a couple of times. Nah. Um, you know, so I, I think you would have liked the age better, but I like them both. I mean, they're, they're good both ways. Um, but I think it's really well balanced off the bat, um, as is. Now, again, this is not one for... Uh, anybody that's not used to hoppy beers or, or IPAs or anything like that, I think you have to at least have a taste for that, um, or you're going to hate this. Uh, I think if we gave this to our wives or, or, or others, they, they would not like it. But I, I do think if you're a seasoned IPA fan and you don't like this, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I really like this beer. Uh, I have no major complaints about it. I think it's. I think it's well balanced. The only thing I would say is I don't necessarily know that it falls into all the style. The, the the BJCP says it should have, but true. 
let's just get to ratings and settle this for once for all. Ratings. Ratings. Go ahead, Mark. All right. Well, like I just said a few moments ago, <laughs> uh, the it's not as hoppy as I would have expected. Um, the It's lacking the prominent to intense hop aroma that, according to the BJCP, it should have, whether or not you trust that. Um, I think, on a personal preference, I think this works really well. I don't... It's more about if you're rating it <laughs> overall versus style. Um, I guess if I was rating it overall, I would probably give this a 5 out of 5 if I were going within style. I would probably knock it a few points just for lacking that intense to prominent hop aroma. Uh, but I tend to go overall on this, uh, on this show. Um, I don't necessarily go within the style as much. You tend to go more style. Uh, that's just how we roll. We're the Siskel and Ebert of beer. <laughs> so... I really like this beer. It's boozy without being overpoweringly so. It's definitely not like the Brewdog we had before, the Tokyo. That's a big boozy beer. It's boozy, but not like it's balanced. It's it's balanced. <laughs> the beer taste is balanced with the boozy flavors. If the yeah words so, again, word salad. So do you agree that so, some of the flavors that people say are coming out in this are caramel, honey, dried apricot, sweet malt? Do you get that? Yeah, there's a lot of sweet malt here. Yeah, um, I agree. I think for me, this beer it's a one and done beer. Yeah, because it's it's very overpowering. Not with that, it's it's like it's like dipping its toe in palate record territory just because it's so strong, but it's not quite there. So you don't think it's incredibly syrupy like drinking corn syrup? Oh god, no, definitely okay. not. No, that was a negative. That was a negative review of it. Yeah, it's not actually completely undrinkable. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, definitely not that. But it is. It's one of those IPAs that is venturing to so sweet. It's. It could almost, you could, depending on your palate, like I'm someone who I don't necessarily enjoy, always enjoy the sweeter things. Sure. It, this could be a dessert beer for me. Uh, it, for me, it's a, it's a finisher for the night, if that makes sense. Sure. Because uh, one, it's going to... you're about to check out right after this. Yes. You're going absolutely. to bed. You're, I, I'm going it's straight to bed. It's only one o'clock on a Saturday Right, I'm going straight to bed. right to bed. But this is a great beer to end the night. I think it's not necessary to start it, but it's a great way to end it. It's a, it's a great, well-balanced beer. So, since I'm going to go off my overalls, and this is two weeks in a row... And go overalls off. And overalls off, of course. Uh, just one strap on, like the 90s. <laughs> right. Man, this is two weeks in a row of five out of five. Damn good beer. Wow. That might be a three out of four weeks of five out of five. Might you, be. I, you've issued that a lot. I though. may need to reevaluate <laughs> my ratings here. I need, may need to be a little more critical. Now, I know you say that I tend to go for style more than I do for, over, for the particular beer. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily been the case. We could go back and review the tape. The uh, reel-to-reel, but, um, you know, we probably won't, but we could, but we won't. Rewind um, it. But I would say, you know, again, I, I'm calling this, a, I'm putting this in the triple IPA category. I know it's not officially a triple IPA, but the fact that they do the 60, 90, 120, I definitely take that as a single, double, and triple IPA type styles, um, and it's definitely the most hopped. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm putting it, I'm going to compare it to other triple IPAs, like the Double Dancer and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely, obviously it's in the Imperial category with all these other Imperials, but I, I think it's different. It, it's in a different category to me than something like the Hercules double IPA and, and, and even the Pliny really, um, because those are more standard double IPA, uh, harsh hopped. And I say harsh in a good way. Uh, you really get that hot flavor out of those. And this is going to be more in the triple category that they tend to go sweeter. Like you were talking about, um, I appreciate the fact, and I know you think it's too sweet. I appreciate the fact that they balance out the sweetness with a pretty pretty good dose of uh, hoppy flavor on the back end, which a lot of triples, to me, 
tend to not do. That's why I tend to I tend to trend towards double IPAs because I want more of that hop flavor. Well, I'm not saying it's too sweet. I'm just saying it's it's well, sweet you said enough. It's like an ender and a dessert beer. Just well, it's almost me. like I said, it's a dip in its toes. Sure. For to me, I don't I don't put it quite that far. I don't think it's that sweet to to categorize that to categorize it that way. But that's you know that's just me. I I think the I think the hot flavor could actually maybe be just slightly more prominent. Um, I I wouldn't say too much more because too much more you're going to get too harsh and it's going to be undrinkable probably. Right. uh, Even for me. But I I think maybe that could be a little more prominent. But, you know, it's a minor complaint because overall it has the nice harsh hop uh, flavor that I would expect from a uh, beer of this style. Uh, It has the, the sweet front end that I would expect from a beer of this style. I love the apricot type taste. The I I, I kind of get the caramel taste that they're talking about too. I get a little bit of that too. I like that sweet front end balanced out with that to that harsh back end. Um, so for me, I really can't think of like I said, maybe a little more hops, but that's just a minor complaint. Uh, right, I agree, minor complaint. Even if it's a complaint. So it really, um, to me, that's why I come down to like, uh, you know, I'm not litter of the law like the BJCP, but oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, it's it, but again, that's what I. BJCP doesn't really define a triple IPA as much as they do just an imperial based on alcohol content. Right. So, and I think there's a very distinct definition between a single, double, and triple IPA. They all act differently. So, within the within the triple IPA category, again, that's where I'm going to put it. Um, I think it fits that style, and I think the beer itself is a really solid beer. So, for the first time for me in several weeks, I'm going to agree and actually give it a five out of five. Also. Giving us a final score of... I think it requires an extra. It's a five out of five. It does. Well, thanks for listening to episode 70 of Brewbloods. Thanks uh, for listening to the show. Thanks for your support. Thanks for emails. We actually got a tip off uh, recently. A, uh, a listener, a viewer, emailed us and told us about their Ranger Creek here in Texas. Actually, makes an oatmeal pale ale. We're not sure. Uh, if they're, we're not sure if they're. Vegan. We're not sure. But uh, he was listening to our Kawhi episode where we talked about if we we didn't think we'd ever heard of somebody making an oatmeal pale ale. Well, he pointed us one right here in our own very state. So we'll, we'll have to you. check that out. That shows how ignorant we are. Yes, I and I'm sorry that uh, I can't remember your name off the top of my head, and I don't have the email in front of me. Thank my you. apologies. Thank you, listener. Thank you, guy. <laughs> Poor girl. Uh, we do have another show if you want to listen to it. It, uh, it shows up every once in a while. It's called The Break Room. You can find it at breakroom.tv. Thanks to Stefan for his uh, it's there for help now. with the news. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It would, uh, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us get new listeners. And if you have any social networks that you prefer, we are on just about all of them. Break Room's unstable, though. You can't trust if it's no, going to be there can't. or not. This one, this... <laughs> This is slow and steady. Right. It's weekly. It's going to be there every Wednesday. Although we did, Sorry, Johnny. A little late sometimes, but it's yes. going to be there every Wednesday. We did just put out an episode of The Break Room last week. so Yeah, true. But, uh, but that very well could be the last one. You never know. <laughs> it could be. You can find pics on uh, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now Snapchat. You can find us on uh, just about everywhere, on just about everywhere that uh, <laughs> fine podcasts are found. That's the 18% talking. Whatever your method is, go to uh, broodballs.net and there are links to uh, subscribe to us there. It doesn't cost you a thing. just uh, helps you ensure that you get the show every single week. On a mostly regular schedule, Johnny. Uh, email us at brewlitshow at gmail.com. You can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337 on your phone dial for your T9 keypads. You get the right show number that time, right? Uh, I did. Okay, excellent. Catch you guys next week for episode 71 of Brewbloods. For Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>